Welcome to Watching Worse <laughs> Films, um, the podcast in which we watch every Razzie Worst Picture winner. Um, this week we have been watching 2009's winner, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Um, <laughs> broken, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, apologies if you're joining in for the first time and you are like, why am I listening to someone in, in slitting the wrist in a bathtub? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is this is the first time in the project where I felt this is a really bad idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too late now, we can't go back. Before it was like, hey, I'm watching bad movies with my friend. This is a great, a great time. Whereas this... Well, I'm Kyle. Oh, I'm Jericho. <laughs> and as you heard, the movie we watched was Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Yes. A little bit of context. This one we uh, we watched, once again, through less than legal means because it's not available on any streaming service. Not for free. It? It's not at all. You can no. purchase it on Prime. You can get it on YouTube. For it's not worth Seven ninety nine, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um but yeah, it's not a totally legal copy that I borrowed on DVD. Yeah, so when you were watching that, when we were setting up that totally legal copy, the first thing that like you were just skipping through to check it worked. Yes. And we landed, like the first thing we heard was middle of the film, Sheila Booth saying, stop complaining. <laughs> and it was like the film speaking to us, preparing us for what we're in for. Like you chose to watch this two and a half hour long film of robots hitting each other lost all rights to whinge about it being bad. I think, I think the strange thing is like after actually watching it, I don't remember seeing that scene in the film. I missed it as well. <laughs> I missed it. I so was maybe like, it didn't even exist, you know? <laughs> I was like, we'll need to keep our eyes peeled, but this film, it's just like, it's like cinematic anesthesia. And like, I, like every thought in my head just like, it, this film liquefied my brain yeah. and I couldn't remember the like, I, I can remember seeing it. I can remember... He says it to the Jonah Hill guy. Yeah, yeah. So I remember where it must be, but I didn't in the desert as well. No, yeah, because also, was, like, even yeah. on Mommy Dearest, I did the same, and you know, you skip through it just to see if it works. And when I reached that in the film, I go, okay, I can kind of remember the timestamp. I kind of <laughs> yeah, realise yeah. how much we've got left. No, yeah, I completely missed it. And I was paying it. I was trying to pay attention anyway. Our history with this film, you had never seen it before. Never seen it. I've seen the first Transformers. I went to see that in the cinema as a 17-year-old. And I tapped out after the first one. Yeah. Which is a masterpiece in comparison. Oh, absolutely. The first one, yeah, Citizen King compared to this. So it's not your first um, experience. No, I had actually, I saw this film on release. I was on holiday in LA with my uh, parents. It was like just before I went to university, so our last big family holiday. So I saw this film at uh, Universal City Walk. Ooh. And it was just like, it was... This was like a sort of defining life experience for me. <laughs> so I would say it's one of the first experiences I can remember where I feel like really personally let down and aggrieved by a movie because I enjoyed the first one enough. Yeah, yeah. And then I think relatively late on, but I'd just been becoming that sort of pretentious film guy that I am now where I, I before I was I was a kid where I was like, nah, movies can't be bad. Like there's like I don't know, a bad movie, good movie, how different can it be? Whereas I was just beginning to develop into a snob. Mm -hmm. And so I saw this and I was like, this is awful. 
and I hated watching it. It hurt my head. It was poorly made in a way that I hadn't really thought of a film as being poorly made before. And it was a really alienating experience watching it with that like American audience of yeah. everyone like cheering and going like, Woo, yeah, America, <laughs> fuck yeah. When like an alien robot shoots another alien yeah. robot. So I just, I remember having like a dreadful, dreadful experience with it. Like the, the only thing that cheered me up was, well, I'll never have to watch that for ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't stop you. You've seen the other ones though. No, I haven't. No, no, the other No, I never. Um, just Bumblebee, right? Yeah, I watched yeah. Bumblebee because Michael Bay is not there and that's a completely different change fair, of direction. Fair, fair, fair. I've seen the first one, I've seen this one and then I watched half of last night for another podcast. Oh, okay. So I've seen the first hour and a half of last night. Was the first hour and a half of last night? Um, <laughs> so what I gather from, what I gather is that this is the low watermark for okay. the series. Is This is bad and the other ones, they don't, they don't get better, but they're at least less full on than this. Yeah. From what I can recall of the the opening for last night, it was kind of fun. Anthony Hopkins is in it as like an Alki Merlin or like Stanley Tucci's in it. Like that's the thing with these Transformers movies is they get like A-list amazing actors, yes. like great character actors. Like if you look at the cast list, you're like, Am I watching a Coen Brothers movie? Like yeah, Francis yeah. McDormand's in this, John Turturro's in this, like Steve Buscemi's yeah. in this, in the series, not this one specifically. So no, this, um, I've never been, never been motivated to check the other ones out, particularly not when they went from Sheila Wolf to Marky Mark. The one you went to see an hour and a half with was Marky Mark though, right? That was Marky yeah, Mark, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, <laughs> where do we, where do we start with this? Plot overview. It, it begins... I don't want to become the guy who compares every film to 2001, because I think I did that with Mommy Dearest. <laughs> but it begins with a sort of like, like silhouettes or yeah. like a sort of, um, like, uh, and I, don't, I don't know what the, I don't, don't know what the right word is, not Paleolithic, but it begins with like a sort of like silhouetted on a, can you help me out here? What am I trying to say? I can't remember. Um, is this when it was in 16,000 BC? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it begins with that sort of dawn of time, dawn which, of history. Which in a little way, like, um, the Roland Emmerich film is the 10,000 BC, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of thinking, you know, it's a disaster movie. It's yeah. Day. I, I was, at the moment, I was kind of hopeful for, yeah, I'm, I'm up for prehistoric civilization fighting robots, just for a second. I was almost hooked in for a second. <laughs> maybe that's well the Transformers franchise I'd say it's already back on the tracks with Bumblebee but maybe they follow the template set by set by Prey yeah. and they're just like hey we're going to pick a time period we're going to shove a Transformer in there <laughs> uh, Joan of Arc did you know that she was actually friends with yeah, the Transformers yeah, I, I, I would um, all for that I want to see the Crusades with Transformers. What? I want to see it all. We, what's the what's the Stephen King like? Eleven twenty three sixty four. Yeah. An alternate history where JFK doesn't get assassinated <laughs> because the car is a transformer. <laughs> Someone takes the shot and the car transforms and runs away with them. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the first scene. That's it's a sharp little cold open. Yeah. So it begins with like, hey, so you thought Transformers came to Earth in in the two thousand seven Transformers? Surprise, they didn't. They were actually here since the dawn of civilization, and the fallen were trying to do something. Something bad. Yeah. Wipe out something. 
and the extent to which there is a plot, it's that the fallen are going to do something bad yeah. again. I mean, uh, <laughs> so like, again, it's probably been fifteen years since I seen the first one. Yeah, but it does not really follow the first one, like with Shia LaBeouf and things. Like, so the first start, the first yeah, yeah. And things. Um, and you know, there's slightly interesting things here. I am grasping for straws here, but um. Him going to college and wanting to normalize life and things is uh, well. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Is there's not there's not much of a plot to speak about with the robots. It's kind yeah. of the robots are back. Some of them are working with the U.S. government. Megatron's at the bottom of the sea. Bumblebee's hanging out with yeah. Sam Witwicky. The Bumblebee uh, was in the garage, wasn't he? Which I with Sam Witwicky. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. they're buddies. Um, yes. So the robots are kind of doing their own thing, and the Fallen's rumbling in the background. But there is an actual plot for the um, human characters. Shia is going off to college. Mm-hmm. He's still dating Megan Fox, mm-hmm. who I can't remember if they got together at the end. Or I think that's the end of the first one. I mean, my, yeah. my, my brain is my memory's bad, and my brain's turned to mush after this. But <laughs> from what I remember, it's the it's that speed thing yeah. of like you know what nothing nothing bonds a relationship like surviving. Mm. Exactly. Giant robots. <laughs> there is there's the beginnings of a plot there of he's going to college and he doesn't want to take Bumblebee because he's like, hey, I'm just a regular kid now. And he's like, freshmen aren't allowed cars and also I just want to be normal. I don't want to have like my robot sidekick. So he, he white fangs Bumblebee where he's like, <laughs> you gotta you gotta go off and do your own thing. Yeah. And then he um so he's heading off and then <sighs> little Transformers smash up his house. Yeah. His, his parents are seeing him off and then he there's a piece of the old spark which he okay. swallows or something and it turns every appliance in his house into a Transformer. Yes. And there's stuff and then he goes off to college and his mom eats a pop brownie and goes insane. <laughs> um, and then he makes out with a Transformer and then that's kind of all the plot. Then they're just like, then it's just like MacGuffins of like we've got to go yeah, here yeah, to yeah, do this yeah. and do this and then robot fight, robot fight, and here's John Turturro explaining some things. It, the, how quickly it falls apart in terms of like plot and structure as well is it kind of caught me off guard. I mean, the little gremlin robot, like you're saying, from the sparks and yeah. turning his house, it made no sense. Um, <laughs> like you know, was it gun? You were asking, is it guns that they got rocket launchers? Like, <laughs> Why is no one caring? Like, why is no one getting hit? Like, what's yeah. like, visually? I was, I was assaulted already at this point, and this is ten minutes in. I get, I don't, I have no concept of time anymore. But see, we peaked. I was still enjoying. Okay, we'll start with this. The some of the first things I said to you were that I, I feared I was going to enjoy this film. Yeah, I was like, I said, this, I was going to quote you in this in the end. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this film can't possibly be as bad as as I thought it was when I was. 18 I was like this is going to be like a you were like a, a teenager and everything's raw and everything's yeah, the yeah. worst and everything I was like and also the way that filmmaking I, I've gone the other way with being a snob where I've I've passed through I've reached new levels of snobbery where I'm like oh there's things about this that'll probably be good in comparison to today's blockbuster landscape of like yeah. and it's like like I watched that Michael Bay the new Michael Bay film Ambulance and I was like, oh, maybe I like Michael Bay because this is <laughs> this is directed by a person. Like you can feel the presence yeah. of an artist behind this, <laughs> in comparison to like Marvel production line number yeah. installment twenty three. 
so uh, there was a part of me that feared that I would enjoy this, which I, <laughs> that stupid fear, because I wish I had enjoyed because this. Because even, even when you were saying that, I could see the, the groundwork and the, the prototype for these Marvel films mm-hmm. already, like, when this was, I don't know what year's Iron Man is. 2008. 2008, so yeah. Iron Man and Chester. But, the, but the, the evolution of the Marvels to... Yeah, the absolute guff that had come. I could see. I could see this. Well, do we want to speak about the Whedon gag? That's my final note. I was taking notes throughout the film, and <laughs> then I just gave you up. Get you because I, 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 I did not take notes for this because I, I just didn't think I'd need to. I thought it'd be memorable enough as well to speak about, but um, I was wrong. Mm. I noticed you were scribbling down notes. I flew out of the traps. Right? I was like <laughs> taking. I wrote ha- half, I to go. <laughs> half a page of notes, but all of them came within the first 10 minutes. <laughs> and then I was completely... By the time Sam goes to college, I am checked out. Yeah. And then... This is a movie, though, so you're all right. Um, and then the only the only note I took... In fact, yeah, you can see the chronology. The I have Rain Wilson dash indie. <laughs> so that's college. And then the only note I have after that is Whedon gag. Yeah, okay. Because they have the Whedon gag, which... To listeners unfamiliar with the Whedon gag, the Whedon gag is that hilarious thing where there's an explosion and two heroes are blown away and get this right, the male hero and the lady hero, they end up landing in a compromising sexual position and it's funny. <laughs> That's the Just Whedon gag. He does it in Avengers, he does it in in the Justice League yeah he does yeah um, and they do that here I, I was so blown away with like oh my god it's the weed in gag like I've, people people have traced did you see people have traced so that happened like mm. people have traced the origin of so that happened okay okay maybe I'd like someone to do that is to do a deep dive and to find me the first instance of the weed in gag yeah, like yeah. who invented that because this predates I think he does the weed in gag in Buffy yeah but this do. predates the Marvel one yeah but watch it be a Buster Keaton reference or something, you know? <laughs> it must be. It's like a, it's kind of like a slapstick. I don't know. I'm, I'm inclined to like, if you did it once, I'm inclined to let you off. It's mm. like a whatever. But when you're like a notorious like sex pest and you do it in every <laughs> single foot, when it's your trademark, yeah. then that becomes like, okay, clearly we need to delve into why you're doing this all the time. So I think it's one of your notes. I think Ray Wilson was my last. It being an Indiana Jones reference as well. But that makes sense now that I think about it. Because when's Crystal Skull? 2008. Okay, well, there, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, there, yeah that's, that's why. I'm like, oh, they I, wanted to get Harrison yeah, Ford. Yeah. He's like, I'm busy. <laughs> so I will get his Mexican non-union equivalent. <laughs> um, yeah, strange to see it rain. But I did, I did actually... Oh, sorry, it. Shia. I hadn't thought about Shia being both. Yeah, it's my point. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah it's sorry. a reference. I thought you were meaning like Harrison Ford. No, 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 no. Because she had took that, you know, when they yeah. get taken back off him. Yeah, yeah, Who self is a successor. <laughs> it was like, uh, fine line. Yeah, the Transformers <laughs> franchise, moving up in the world. After one movie. <laughs> so we should explain to the listeners, Rain Wilson is in this for one scene. He has a little post, like, inter-credits thing, but he's in it for one scene as the... Um, the college professor that she is studying under. Mm-hmm. And the way they, like, portray this guy is they're like... He is a hunk. Yeah. He is like, like you know that scene in Indiana Jones where all the, the, uh, all the girls are blinking yeah, yeah, and they have yeah. yeah like love you written on. They're trying to do that, but with Dwight from the Office, <laughs> <laughs> um, which could be a gag in itself, but it's never it never. 
plays off like that, really, doesn't it? Exactly. That's what I was like. It's almost like it's so close to being a good gag of like schools and colleges were like that. Of like you look back at the people who were considered the hot teacher, mm. and it's like, oh, it's someone who was just who was hotter than the fifty year old. Well, that's that hair, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, someone who was one chin rather than four. Yeah, yeah. Someone who was like within ten years of like your age but would never look twice but in the context of like a school Steve Buscemi becomes like uh, Brad Pitt (laughs) so if they'd lent into that great but they don't I don't think it was intentional like I (laughs) I don't know what is intentional in here like I especially after he said like the weed gag when his mum takes a brownie and acts like a five-year-old on sugar like (laughs) it's uh, it's so I don't know what's in I'm blaming Alex Kurtzman again, like, so, yeah. Well, I, you have a vendetta against I, I, Kurtzman, don't he, you? Vested interest here. And it's all going to come around, because I think I'm going to talk about when we finally get around to Star Trek Five, even though this is way before his involvement in the franchise. But just to see where the franchise was, even when it was hated, I, what Kurtzman does to it, no, 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 no. Is um, it specifically Kurtzman? Because who's that guy, Robert Archie? Yeah, well, he's exactly... I mean, the movies... Because I'm sure Archie more, and Kurtzman are like the, a partnership. But the TV shows oh, okay. uh, still under Kurtzman's thumbs. Okay. And they all suck, and I hate them all, and it just, they ruin something. It's a moment for another day. But um, this is, you know, seeing his name on here, pretty close to the original Star Trek reboot as well. The year of Kurtzman is still riding this wave, but he's a hack, and... <laughs> There's three writers on this as well, isn't there? Um, at least, yeah. At least. There's, Rob, there's Archie Kurtzman and then at least one more person. Yeah, yeah, the, the third yeah. stooge. So, no, yeah, fair enough. But like, like I said, none of it feels intentional. Up until this point, it feels very strange. Which, you know, which I could, you know, if it leaned into this more and more, like, and I did say this, I wasn't really interested in the, the robots. Well, I'm I'm the opposite. So when it, when it was peaking for me very early on, they have that... So some of the transformers are working with the um, working with the U.S. government to try and track down other transformers that have Decepticons that have infiltrated or escaped and are just causing mm-hmm. trouble, and so they're sort of like a transform like the transformers almost like a police dog like yeah. leading this entourage of or this cavalcade of military people. And they're driving through like a construction site, and then all of a sudden, like a wrecking ball transforms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a surprise, it's a transform, and they fight. And that to me, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like when there's no human, like she hadn't even been introduced no. yet. I was like, okay, if this is just like action scenes, cars driving fast, filmed in real environments, shot kind of okay. Well, well, let's say shot well. Yeah, um, please. Oh, I, I like that idea that almost like the Transformers like horror movie of like they're just like they could be anywhere. Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, and you're out living in the woods, you know, surrounded by nature because you don't want anything technological around. No, no, I mean like Transformers hunting you know. other Transformers. Oh, no, I, I, want the... I want the we haven't. I don't know if I've spoken about my Hannibal obsession on the podcast yet, but basically, I want Hannibal with robots of the Autobots are trying to track down the other and they could be anywhere. It's like a serial killer. Okay, like you don't yeah. know, like, that car, that, that old lady's <laughs> mobility scooter could be a Decepticon. This very podcast um, could be a Decepticon. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. mic could strangle me. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was where, with the film, I was like, oh, is this is this actually going to be, like, somewhat enjoyable? But it, it doesn't. They introduce, like, Sam Witwicky and human characters and a bunch of soldiers 
and they introduced too many human characters and the robots they there's too many robots it's too chaotic like it gets sore to look at and it um very much goes downhill very quick i don't know what else to talk about music do you want to talk about the music well you you could talk about your the first thing you noticed was a certain green day so they play 21 guns by green day from the album 21st century breakdown they play it at least three times i want to say four four i think we counted i think it was four is it four they play it once they play it I like when he's a, Fox as well. Oh, you cut back to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, if you can, like, she's on Skype listening to it while Sheila Booth yeah. is at Indie Club. He's not listening to Indie Club, unfortunately. <laughs> he's not um, listening to 21 Guns either. Um, <laughs> he's listening to Lincoln Park, I think. It's like Lincoln Park. Club. Yeah. I think it's because I can't remember. They did the soundtrack anyway, or they were involved in the soundtrack, or whatever. I don't know. Well, the closest thing we have to, like, a, a, a plot thread line is. Megan Fox wants Sheila Booth to say I love you and yes. doesn't want to say it. And they could have used that as like a... Like if they grew it more in the relationship, it could have been... Well, not even a good film, but like it could have been something approaching a film. Yeah. So if they sort of shown like, she has transformed himself. Yeah. He's no longer the guy that you knew. If she was like, hey babe, like let's listen to our song, 21 Guns. And he's like, nah, I'm kind of... That's what it is. It's Nickelback. Uh, He's listening to Nickelback. That's what it is, yeah. That's, yeah. I don't know how I can and forget. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, He's listening to Nickelback in the club. I think Burn It to the Ground. Mm-hmm. Um, something off Dark Horse, anyway. You might, <laughs> listeners, you might fear why I have such an encyclopedic knowledge of media from 2009. But this was when we haven't spoken about us working at Asda. No, we haven't spoken. We're, yeah, we're breaking the, the fourth wall here. Jericho and Kyle Origins, we met working <laughs> at Home and Life, the CD, yeah. CD and DVD department of Asda. Yes. And so everything that came out from that sort of time period is frozen in my head. Yes, the, like the rise of Lady Gaga and things yeah, coincides uh-huh. perfectly. Like. Yeah, so they listen to 21 Guns, Nickelback's in here. There's not, there's really not anything worth speaking about. I mean, we're all together focusing on the first 15, 20 minutes here. Yeah. We're not, we, they go to Egypt and the robots fight. Tom uh, Kenny's in it? Tom Kenny, yeah. So that was my biggest, and spoilers, but yeah, Tom Kenny plays a little annoying robot. Yeah. And it's probably my biggest takeaway is I hope Tom Kenny got a decent paycheck from this. Let's, let's conclude talking <laughs> about this with our usual things. Was this a worthy winner? Uh, absolutely absolutely and beforehand i would have said no um and that's 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 naivety on my point but like i didn't i didn't expect it i didn't even expect it to be such a what did i say it was just it's draining i I was numb my my brain just stopped working my mouse were moving things were flashing every microsecond and i just couldn't remember like my brain just wasn't processing information anymore Mm -hmm. and you you, you say seeing this in the theater with I see my IMAX and stuff, but like, how? Because my head hurts. It actually does hurt from watching this. Yeah, I remember um, Bourne. I saw one of the Bourne films and I was quite close to the screen and that gave me a bit of a headache just with all the shaky cam. Mm-hmm. And then Transformers 2, I think those were the only times in the cinema I've ever complained. Like, I don't know, like Dunkirk on IMAX. But <laughs> yeah. I had plenty of front row experiences, but born and transformers were the only times where I, I could physically feel my eyes like glazing over about mm-hmm. to fall out of my sockets 
Ah, uh, yeah, it put me to sleep and for such a, again, two and a half hours of robots fighting and explosions and... Just things just, grinding into each other. It just breaks you down, like, do you have anything positive to say? Part of the first 15 minutes? No. There's, there's some interesting things before I completely checked out. When he's at college and he meets, like, his, his roommates who are all, like, sort of incel types, that's weird because it's almost like a proto-social network. Okay, of yeah, yeah. when they have all the women on the wall. Yeah, like, that's weird. They have casting photos yeah. of women. Like, it's like, are these guys, like, running, like, a like an amateur porn studio? Yeah. Is this Michael Bay's, like, office? Like, <laughs> why are they... Because they're very specifically casting photos of their sort of, like, head and shoulder, like... Yeah, well, no, not head and shoulders. They're, like... It's casting Sort of, like... Yeah, like... And it's, it's an office Mid shots um... of women up against... Like the same backdrop. Absolutely. <laughs> like Polaroids, like a serial killer or a porn producer. Yes. Whatever it was. <laughs> and with the Bad Boys 2 poster as well, yeah. it makes it me think this was just shot in May's office because, <laughs> like, ah, uh, okay, yeah, that's it. That was, that was just weird. That was weird. That was something that so before was, I checked there was, out. There was enough weird things up until that point to keep me relatively invested. Yeah. Like, just minor things, but after that, when the film kicks in, like Jesus Christ, yeah, I'm 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 so sorry, Mommy Dearest. I take it all back. I will watch. <laughs> I will watch you tomorrow and the next day, anytime. Then think about this again. Okay, so changes you can make to improve this. Do you have any? Ah, uh, Jesus. Um, not really. I mean, you'd have to change so much. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like. I could think maybe the only thing you could make it worse. <laughs> um, and how I'm very, I'm going to regret saying this as well, but I don't think Shia was the worst part of the movie. No. Um, well, we I guess we haven't really spoken about that when Shia eats the Allspark and it makes him into Rain Man. He makes him into Rain Man. I mean, he was animated. He looked like he was moving around a lot on his own. Compared to Megan Fox, he felt like a human being. Yeah, it's difficult with like the with the allegations about Shia LaBeouf being a terrible individual. I don't want to give him too much praise. No, 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 it's not. It's, I think it's, he's in, good a, in, a, in an isolated, just yeah. you know, like... separate the art from the artist. <laughs> the man said of Transformers too. Just um, his, he's not. He's not the worst part about it. And no, he's. I. I think he's good. I genuinely think um, he's. I think he's. He has a lot of stuff to do, but I. Th- I think certainly in comparison to other people, I yes, think he's yes, good. Yes. I think so I, I think that's the only way I could make this worse is if there was a worse lead. I think if Wahlberg was... I was about to say, I think <laughs> Mark Wahlberg was in it. Can you imagine Mark Wahlberg playing Ray Man? <laughs> I'd like to see him in the college setting as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, with all the other four-year-olds... Mark Wahlberg saying. making out with a Transformer. Mark Wahlberg cheating on his high school girlfriend with a Transformer. Yeah. So like that's one thing to make it worse. And to make it better, you'd have to make a different film. Well, my thing, which I spoke to you about at the time, it's already very close through the presence of John Tirturo and Tom Kenny. I'd want to see this, like, because Michael Bay's kind of stolen the Cohen repertoire, I'd want to see, like, the Happy <laughs> Madison version of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we've got, like, Adam Sandler's doing a funny voice, it's Optimus Prime. <laughs> we've got, like, Rob Schneider's in here somewhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, like I say, I Kevin James is an obese robot. Yeah. Up, but this is a different film. Yeah, or yes. the or the the Mister Show, like yes, uh, yeah. like I argue that's maintaining the same film. If you just cram 
all of the supporting roles are filled with Mr. Show yeah. alumni. Yeah. Um, Sarah Silverman can play like uh, Judy Whitwicky. Odenkirk could have been the government lad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Cross is the professor. Oh, David Cross would have been so good. Um, he would have been so funny. Yeah, um, like, uh, I mean, like, you could have easily filled in, in. But, like, would have been, it would have made me smile a bit more but I would still be an unwatchable mess. It, I I don't know. I think if I think if like Scott Aukerman is running around in the second <laughs> half, that at least keeps me tethered to the film in a way that I was I was just away He's in the clouds. Way. Oh, oh, um Shia. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yes. Yeah, no, you. Paul F. Tompkins is his dad. He's yeah. the dad. And I actually think he'd be pretty good at that. Probably, yeah. Some of them are ironic, but Paul F. Tompkins, I think he would be good at the... I suppose we need to discuss the nominations or the wins for this film. As you know, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen 1, worst, uh, Congratulations, worst picture. That's why, we're, that's why we're speaking about it. Um, Megan Fox was nominated for Worst Actress. They did that double thing where she's nominated for both Jennifer's Body and Revenge of the Fallen. That's a weird one where like you can never quite ascertain what the cutoff level is. Normally it's like, sometimes you, you, you get someone who's terrible and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, this is for both of them. But oftentimes there's one Razzie-worthy performance or one Razzie-worthy yes. film and then they just want to say, and they were in another film yeah, this year. a double bump thing. Because Jennifer's body, I don't think she's Razzie worthy for Transformers, and I think she's good in Jennifer's body. Okay, I'm not saying Jennifer's body, but um, I'm gonna say she deserves a nomination. Yeah, she doesn't do much, but every egg, yeah, she she's and I'm not not dunking on her as a human, but she is more robotic than half the robots in film. Oh, that's cool. Um, <laughs> she's just so so no. I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say she deserves her nomination. Fair enough. Worst supporting actress, Julie White as Judy Whitwicky. She so she lost to Sienna Miller. She deserves okay. like she was awful. She is very, 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 very bad. In a different way though, to me than Megan Fox. Um Megan Fox is the worst you can say about Megan Fox is that she's just kind of wooden. She's a bit but I I I she was more she was more three-dimensional than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh. I thought she was like one of those like Cara Delevingne, like just like there's nothing going on. I did. That's what I thought. That's what I see. No, I, there was a little bit like I I did I did when? believe that she was in a relationship with Sam, and maybe <laughs> I don't know. We need to watch the third one where she's replaced <laughs> by Rosie Huntington Whiteley, who okay. is that is that model and um, mm-hmm. actor, and maybe that will make us uh, respect yeah, what we no. had and. You don't know what he's got till it's gone. Yeah, it's our, I think um, this is our first proper disagreement on the, yeah, <laughs> in the Razzies. I'm a, a Megan Fox fan. <laughs> no, I thought she, while not great, she's leagues away from Judy Whitwicky, the mum, who, she like, awful. she's awful. Like, she's just, she's a, and we always say, like, oh, like, performance is not made in isolation. Like, mm-hmm. but Judy Whitwicky's awful because, like, the material, it's not a great character, yeah. but there's just little things like, when she's like, oh, like, make the US government build me a hot tub and a swimming pool and I'm going to skinny dip. And then, you like, she's, she's like, doing something. She's, like, she says something to, like, the dad and Sam's like, oh, gross, my parents, whatever. And, like, none of it's believable. No. I, like, I didn't buy them no, as being parents no, no, or in a relationship no, no, no. with each other. 
And our accents all over the place as well. Oh, yeah. It's like, time for you to go to college, (laughs) Samuel Whitwinkie. And then, like, like if if we're speaking of, like, the Razzie highlight reel, like the Oscars, you can just play her weed scene. And that'll be like, yep, no, she's worth it. On the weed acting alone. (laughs) Of her direction, however, however. Imagine if she's Daniel Day Lewis. She's like, I like, I consume like a hundred <laughs> pop brownies every day to get into character for this. But yeah, we're the nomination. And then worst screen couple: Sheila Booth and either Megan Fox or any Transformer. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, I no chemistry. I, I can't remember them having any in the first film, but that's a bit yeah. strong. You're gonna die on this hill. I just I, um, I actually didn't think he had bad chemistry with Bumblebee though. Like I, I no, he does. Yeah, Bumblebee's great. So I'm gonna say no. That's probably not half this nomination isn't right. But I, well, they stumbled on like that's Bumblebee. Is that the movie Bumblebee is just like a oh a coming of age thing with like a student and their car. Mm-hmm. So they'd sort of stumbled on the formula way back here of like hey you know that like. 20 seconds it's just Sheila Booth and Bumblebee interacting yes well if we ditch everything else and we just make that into a movie and we don't have like the abuser guy we have Haley Steinfeld yeah yeah so I, I, I'll agree with you I, I would one. say um, the parents probably deserve the nomination for which combo oh they were dreadful um, and the fact that they're in the finale they, they are, the bulldozer just spits them out I'm not sure like why they've got so much screen time is, in fact even um the Jonah Hill character and uh, I didn't buy he was Shia's friend at all. Yeah. Um, so so we should say that's a worse combo as well. We should say the Jonah Hill character, it, it was originally offered to Jonah Hill and he turned it down so it's some unnamed actor but you can, you look at it and you're like, oh yeah, it was meant to be Jonah mm-hmm. Hill. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it was also nominated for worst prequel, remake, ripoff or sequel. Yeah, well, yeah that's a worse sequel. Yeah. Um, Worst director, it won for Michael Bay. Yes. That's 100% deserved. This is one of the worst directed films I've ever seen. Because it's just unwatchable in the physical sense that it hurts to watch. And yeah, the next film, but like the direction of the film is unwatchable. Like uh, the CGI, the mess of robots fighting each other is disgusting. But the human elements of it as well are so poorly directed. The color choices, the lighting, every creative decision. Which I'm blaming all on Michael Bam. It's maybe a complete. Well, all of his films kind of look similar, so yeah. I can't remember them. I can't remember the first one looking this bad. Um, no, he um, he has his tendencies, but this just pushes all of them to the max. Yeah, everyone always harps on about the Michael Bay color grade, where like, is, blues is, and oranges and is, all the skin tones are like everyone's new balloon put. Yeah, is, was the lens flare so bad? I mean, that's that made me think of Kurtzman and. Um, <laughs> Star Trek again, that's, but like that's Abrams. Though. Yeah, I know, but like I he's getting the blame for everything now. Um, but like just just reminded me of Star Trek that connection. Like was was he always as bad with the lens flare? Like uh, I wouldn't say lens flare was a B as an exact. I guess there are lots of swooping, spiraling yeah. like shots of like jingoistic like helicopters flying that kind of like. He loves like a big military vehicle and like the you know, sun. Always cliche like that. Stuff, yeah, uh, but, like. I just don't remember them looking so disgusting. <laughs> like, I, yeah. But yeah, he deserves it 100%, 100%. And then finally, I maybe this might be like showing red to a bull, but we're screenplay Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, <laughs> Eric Kruger, Roberto Archie, and Alex Kurtzman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, based on, so Hasbro get a 
half nomination there is well. yeah yeah it would be at the Oscars it would be an adapted script yeah. right? that's based off the um... and this has got to be compared to the Oscars yeah no I, <laughs> I can't believe it took three people to write this for how much of the film is just robots flying about and smashing each other with no plot I don't know how there's three people that are on this well, we'll get into this in the second half, but I almost disagree with you, but for very, very similar um, reasons. Okay. So join us in the second half when we will be discussing all of the other nominations Yay. for the year of 2009. See you soon. Hello, and welcome back to part two, where we'll be discussing all of the other winners and nominees from the cinematic year of 2009. So, worst picture... Obviously, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen were the winner. All About Steve, which was the Sandra Bullock, uh, Bradley Cooper rom-com, yep. which neither of us have seen. Nope. G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. So that was the sequel. Oh, um, okay, wasn't it? Oh. Is um, that not the first one? If it's the first oh, one, Oh, no, I think... sorry. It's the first one. It is the first okay, one. Okay, so I've seen a bit of this version. I don't think yeah, Retaliation is a sequel. Um, I don't remember much about it, but Transformers is worse. It's it's a weird one because it it just kind of is the same movie as Transformers, like a a toy adaptation, yeah. like a a toy adaptation made by like a nineties action guy that's kind of just dull and uninteresting. But Transformers is so much worse yeah, in that's every that's kind of regard. So it's year Hasbro, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, Hasbro. Then we got Land of the Lost. Did you no, see that? I've never seen Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost, I I don't think it's particularly Razzie worthy. It's kind of it's a weird platypus type creature where it's it's not like it's Will Ferrell just on the cusp. He's just going off the boil, like the hot streak of Talladega Nights, Anchorman, uh, Step Brothers. Yeah, yeah. That's gone, but he's not purely become the like the campaign or the house or like no, no, no. he's not fully washed up but he's beginning to go off the boil the stars fading yeah and similarly the movie is like the begin like i thought it was one of those like family friendly like journey to the center of the earth that's what i think no because danny mcbride's in it and he's like hey come to my souvenir shop and get yourself a titty mug you like titty <laughs> mugs mm. and like it He's like, Anna Friel's in it. He's like, oh yeah, why didn't you sit in that spin? Jesus. And like, he at the end, he's like, you know what? I'm going to stay in the land of the lost because there are a lot of naked ladies running around here. And I, I like, right. <laughs> I like this place. Um, so it's, but it, that's also not what it is. Like, it's not a full on raunch fest. Yeah. It's kind of like, if you remove Danny McBride, the film would almost work as that, mm. but they've just chucked in like a James Franco, like <laughs> Seth Rogen guy. I'm trying to think if he even has like if he even has a joint at any point or if he's Hey, Will, I found this weed brown here in the land of us. <laughs> anyway, I don't think it's Razzy worthy. Okay, fair. Old dogs. Oh yeah, old dogs. I got old dogs confused with wild hogs. I just the way to say, is this the Travolta? That's not Travolta, is it? This is Travolta. I think they're both Travolta. This is Travolta and uh, and Robin Williams. Whereas Old Wild Hogs, I think, (laughs) is Travolta and William H Macy. Yeah, the group of them in the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, Okay, no, I completely. I was gonna comment. I was like, yes, I have something to talk about. No, I've not seen Old Dogs. 
Oh, okay. Um, so Interesting off. cast. Justin Long, Seth Green, and Dax Shepard. It's 2009, baby. Bernie <laughs> <laughs> Mark. All of them soon to be seen in that NFT show. <laughs> um, so we're not going to have anything which can top, top Transformers. Not top. Any, any omissions, any... Um, any notable mentions for you? Anything should be noted. Well, I, again, I said this to you pre watching this movie, I would have been throwing Terminator Salvation in there. Yeah. That's one of my least favorite things ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, give me Salvation. Give me anything any give day. Me salvation. <laughs> give me anything any day. Like, nah, like nothing could. There might have been a few nominations you could add in there, but not worthy winners. I'd sub I, I I agree. Nothing nothing is touching Transformers as the Muhammad Ali of the Razzies. But I, I would have put Terminator Salvation in probably for Land of the Lost. Maybe okay. even for G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, yeah. Worst actor, we have John Travolta in Old Dogs, Eddie Murphy in Imagine That. I have not seen Imagine That, but I reference it all the time. This was like <laughs> this is like the hot streak of Eddie Murphy. I don't know. Eddie Murphy was kind of doing two things at that point in time, wasn't he? He was doing the like uh, the Norbit fat suit stuff. Yeah, Norbit's not far away from his time, is it? No, it was Dream Girls. Was it two thousand eight, two thousand seven? Yeah. This is kind of roundabout, and then Norbit. But Eddie Murphy was making his Norbit fat suit things where he plays every character, and he was also doing like saccharin family movies where oh. he doesn't spend enough time with his kids. And his kids make some wish that forces him to spend more time with them. And so I think that's what Imagine That is. There you go. It's like the tagline is, what if your daughter's imagination was the secret to your success? It's some sort of magical realism thing. Some sort of liar, liar, got to spend time with your kids. Exactly. Like um, 10 years at the day. Yeah. And it's very close to 1,000 words. Okay. Which, do you know the premise for that one? He's like a fast-talking businessman. He's like an Eddie Murphy character. Um, <laughs> we don't dunk it. And they're like, he's a dad who spends too much time talking about mergers and not enough time listening <laughs> to his kids. And his daughter wishes in her birth, like, I wish my daddy couldn't talk or something. And so he gets limited to a thousand words. And so every time he speaks, it costs him. And does, it, I, does it refresh? No, I don't think they establish, I've not seen it, I've only seen the trailer, but I don't think they establish what happens when he runs out. If they're like, tough, that's it, you're a mute. Or if they're like, he dies. Because mm-hmm. obviously, like, <laughs> obviously, I haven't seen it, but the daughter undoes the witch. Once he learns to listen and learns the lesson, he gets his words back. Yeah. But in my head, daughter was like, specific, she specified the terms and conditions. Yeah, like, what's the rules? Dear birthday fairy. Please kill my daddy if he says more than 1,000 words over his lifetime. So I love the I love the genre of dad doesn't spend enough time with their kids and is transformed into a yeah, thing. Yeah. Like the, the Kevin Spacey movie where his kids transform into a cat. Oh, so he yeah, doesn't spend yeah, enough time. Yeah. That was like 2016, 2015. Yeah. That was like a Trump one. Yeah. But like the 2000s was a great period for business dads <laughs> that needs to make a comeback like i don't know how it works in the working from home era no but maybe the dad gets transformed the dad gets sucked into a zoom call you flip it you can yeah. have, my dad spends too much time with me or she's a businessman <laughs> <laughs> we need to write this like adam sandler becomes a man child yeah. a man child who spends too much time with his kids and they transform into like enemies or i wish my dad had a job <laughs> <laughs> Steve Martin in the Pink Panther 2 you seen that? I've not seen the Pink Panther 1 
with Steve Martin, but not, I mean, tapped out, obviously. Mm. I've said on the previous podcast, when we're talking about Mancini and my love for the older Pink Panthers, Steve Martin, and we even have not seen it, I can't imagine why he'd be nominated, because, you know, he's, it's the Pink Panther. Like, I think he's dreadful. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, okay we, you can clear this up for me. Is, I would like Dubai a hamburger. Is that in the first one? Yes. I okay. Think. If, I think. If the hamburgers bit was in the second one, I would declare him unrazzy worthy on the basis of that one okay, scene. Okay, okay. But if that's only in the first one, then no, sorry. Okay, um, well, he deserves it. Deserves yeah. it then. <laughs> Will Ferrell in Land of the Lost. No comment? Yeah, he's not really worthy. Um, Jonas Brothers in Jonas Brothers, the 3D concert experience. I really hate stuff like this because this is just the Razzies picking people that they want to shit on yeah. and it's like them hating teenage girls and it just becomes like, Mr. Razzie, you're like, what, a 60-year-old man yeah. at this point in time? Why are you hating on like teen idols or like things that like teen girls or pre-teen yeah. girls like? The Jonas Brothers 3D experience was not made for you, Mr. Razzie. Yeah. Like, I highly doubt it was offensive enough that, like, it's just like old man yells at clouds. Like, these Beatles are. I assume it's a three death concert thing, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like a tour documentary, like Justin Bieber never yeah. seen ever. So if you're playing yourself, you're not even acting, so you can't be the worst actor. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. You can't play yourself and be bad at playing yourself. Well, we'll retract that when we get to the Donald Trump here, but. Yeah. <laughs> Worst actress, Sarah Jessica Parker in Did You Hear About the Morgans? We're continuing the Sex and the City theme from last week. Megan Fox in Jennifer's Body and Transformers. We discussed that. Not worthy. Moving on. Miley Cyrus in Hannah Montana the Movie. I haven't seen Hannah Montana the Movie. I've seen some of the show. Um, she's. I like Miley Cyrus. I don't think she's... She's also kind of playing herself. And yeah, and I have seen a movie played when we worked in Asta. I'm sure it was It did, yeah. Yeah, because I've seen it, but I couldn't remember where... Along with Santa Claus 3 would have been on at that time as well. Um, <laughs> is that Martin Short? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, Jack Frost, Frost. Yeah, I remember it well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> robbed. Um, yeah, no, like, she she doesn't deserve here. Again, like, there's, there's performances and songs and stuff. Andrew's basically playing herself. Like, as eh, it's, it's Mr. Razzie. Mr. Razzie being like, this movie wasn't made for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, not at all. Beyonce in Obsessed. Have you seen that? I've never even heard of it. It's a weird Idris Elba movie where Beyonce and Idris Elba are a married couple and like there's a woman, um, what's her name? Uh, she's probably nominated to be honest, Ali Larcher. Um, <laughs> Ali Larcher is like the intern at the office who like wants to seduce Idris Elba and then she's crazy. She's okay. obsessed. Oh. <laughs> and uh, she's like a psychopath. It's one of those um, one of those mm. movies. I haven't seen Basic Instinct, but I assume it's one of those yeah, like... women be crazy movies. <laughs> Beyonce, it's hard to evaluate her performance because it's not Foxy Cleopatra levels, but she's like, she's kind of bad and she's kind of wooden. But spoilers, she has like an amazing fight scene at the end with Ally Larner, where like it just turns into like a kung fu movie, like that she's throwing them, like she's throwing her like through banisters. And on the basis of that, I'm like, oh no, that's so good. If this movie had just been like, Beyonce in the Matrix. Yeah, I'd have kind of liked this. I mean, I I don't have everything I've seen Beyonce, and I can't actually say she's that bad. I mean, she's yeah, she's energetic. She gets she tries, and there's yeah. there's some charisma and there's some 
well, she's subdued and she's playing like a plain Jane housewife here. So okay. it's not great casting no, in okay, terms of okay, yeah. why do you cast a pop megastar yeah. to play like... High energy one as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's a little bit like stuck with being like, Idris, why is this lipstick on your collar? Yeah. Idris, why are you staying out at it all night? And then as soon as you come even close to letting her off the reins with like the action scene, you're like, oh no, this woman's a star. Yeah, okay. Um, So um, that's why I'm not sure about that nomination. Sandra Bullock, winner for All About Steve. This is one of those years where she won the Oscar for Blindside. So an Oscar and a Razzie winner in the same year. Yeah, back to back. Is this the first? No, no, there have been others. I think there's three in total maybe. Okay, okay. Interesting. Um, Then we move on to Worst Supporting Actor. Marlon Wayans in G.I. Joe as Ripcord. Which I can't <sighs> remember, but... Um, Did you have, like, G.I. Joe's as a kid? I loved G.I. Joe's. I had, really? I had the American ones, you know. The, there were only American ones. No, the, no, like, was there? I thought we had the the, the tiny one, the three-inch ones, though. The ones that were called, like, cores over here, the corpse. The, oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, that's what I was being in. There was, like, the tiny little... Yeah, there were a lot also are, like, non-brand Not, not the big action man. Action man was our G.I. Joe's. Right? No, I think G.I. Joe's were all small. I'm things. sure G.I. Joe's were big back in the day, and then they made them small. Anyway, I had loads and loads yeah. and loads, and I also had VHSs of the uh, G.I. Joe, all-American hero, like the Cobra and all that. I had all... I was quite obsessed as a young child with them. I don't really remember it quite much, but I did have the figure of them. See, I, I, I had no experience with G.I. Joe's, so all of my knowledge of it comes from American media I've consumed as an adult. I've been like, oh yeah, Cobra Commander. Or the movie. The movie yeah, was yeah. my introduction to all okay, of them. Okay, fair. And so all of them kind of blend into one, where I'm like, Ray Park, he was one of them. Yeah. But I do not remember Marlon Wayans not at all. all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> not at all. And... Yeah, like I said, just because I was a massive fan, I, the film isn't the animated show from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I'm going to say no comment. <laughs> yeah. Jaramaticone in oh. Land of the Lost as Chaka. How is he? Fine. Yeah. He's like, um, he's playing like a, like a non-speaking, like, uh, caveman, kind of vaguely simian, like. Uh, and like, yeah, I don't know, not, uh. Not a great role, but like kind of fine. But not doesn't stand yeah, out, yeah. certainly not. And then, okay, once again, hold me back. Robert Pattinson <laughs> in the Twilight Saga New Moon. Which one's New Moon? New Moon's the second one. Okay. New Moon's the one where Bella sits in the chair for a year, I think. <laughs> and I think he's probably in New Razzies are never great for categories, but I think he's in New Moon the least. Because I think this is the one where he's like, no, Bella, we can't be together. And he goes off and then she gets with the werewolf. Taylor Lautner. Yeah. So um, I can't really... They support an actor, though. That's the nomination, so... Yeah, yeah. So in defense of... Like, like I, I could see the Razzies. Like, the Razzies don't know what supporting performance and <laughs> no, no. performance is. But, like, in this one, I think... I think he might be in it less than he's in the other ones. Okay, okay. Where he's out of the picture for a long streak of it. And I find it hard to, like, because I watched all the Twilight movies in lockdown, I find it hard to separate them from movie to movie. Yeah. But in all of them, he's not, like, you're not going to get, like, an awards-worthy performance in, like, teen trash. No, no, no. But he's not bad by any means. Okay, that's fair. Um, I've, I've not seen you. I mean, I've seen the first and last Twilight. And, well, and you can probably tell. Like he serves, he does the job. 
<laughs> yeah, because by the I mean the first one there's a lot of woodenness and stuff, but like by the That's last the one, kinda, the last yeah. one was so gung ho and fun that yeah. everyone's having a good time. Yeah. So I I, I wouldn't approve it, and I'm not. Especially early parts and not huge, huge fan, but that's not I, I, I personally, but I don't know. I've never seen the film. No comment. I think this is Mr. Razzy hating teenage girls and their interests. Yeah, I'm um, <laughs> Hugh Hefner as himself in Miss March doesn't count. <laughs> I don't know what Miss March is. I um, think this is a cameo as opposed to a documentary. Okay, okay. I, I think I think people can be bad as themselves. Yes, yes, yes. Like if you're a bad, I, I disagree with it less with documentary. I think documentary, that's down to the director. If, like, if you're making a concert movie about the Jones Brothers and they're never comfortable enough to seem human or have let their walls down, yeah, that's a failing on you as a director. But if you cast, like, say, Donald Trump in a cameo role and he's awkward and unconvincing and seems like an actor, mm-hmm. then I think you can be bad at playing yourself. Sorry for and then the winner, Billy Ray Cyrus uh, in Hannah Montana, the movie, mm-hmm. as Bobby Ray Stewart. Robbie Ray Stewart. Rather. Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray. Billy Ray. Totally different <laughs> people. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I strongly don't agree. I, I, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I'm I not a Billy Ray fan. I'm not going to be standing on it, but um, I don't know if it's the winner. Yeah, maybe not winner, but he does He does suck. suck. He does yeah. suck. Um, He's not a good actor. Did you see the, uh, him blaming David Lynch? For Hannah Montana, well, because oh, Mahalo yeah, Drive, yeah, yeah, and he was yeah, like, "If I don't get Mahalo Drive, yeah. I, she wouldn't get Hannah Montana, and yeah. she would become the devil." And yeah, yeah, no, that breaks my achy breaky heart. Um, <laughs> Worst supporting actress, Julie White, and Transformers is Judy Woodwicky. Terrible. 100%. Kelly Preston, R.I.P. in Old Dogs, as Vicky Greer. Oh, that reminds me. I kind of, I thought I was like, Judy Greer could probably have been a better Sam Wookiee's mom. Yeah. Would she not have been too young at the time? Uh, yeah, actually, when you put her next yeah. to that guy, she this is kind of just past the rest of the yes. development period when she's like, what, intern secretary yeah, as yeah. opposed to, yeah. Ali Larcher in Obsessed. Yeah, she's pretty bad. <laughs> um, Candice Bergen in Bride Wars, another movie I saw on the Oh, yeah, I've seen Bride Wars. Do you remember her? Not really. I watched this in you know, 2011, 2012 with my cousin when I was down in England and um, it's one of her favourite films. So it was her choice and she was stuck on Bride Wars. Um, but no, I don't. I can't really comment on her performance. I do not remember. <laughs> um, Sienna Miller in G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra the as the Baroness. I know lots of people don't like Sienna Miller. I think she's certainly become a lot better recently in terms of she's like the go-to character actress mm-hmm. of, like, if you see a woman who you don't recognise and she's good, semi-frequently it'll come up, Sienna Miller, and you're like, what? Wait, that was her? Mm-hmm. I know she had, like, that period with the sort of Jude Law years where she was a little bit, like, wooden and all Yeah, that's what I'm remembering the most. Like, that sort of Kira Knightley stunted kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. But um, I think she was okay in, in G.I. Joe. Certainly not worse than Judy Whitwick. No, 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 no. That's, uh, yeah, Judy should and Julie, rather, if you don't want that. A worst screen couple? Kristen Stewart and either Taylor Lautner or Robert Pattinson in Twilight Saga, New Moon. Yeah, like, no one really has much chemistry in that. I mean, the Kristen uh, Stewart and Pattinson... They're, they're similar energy. They've got similar energy, and, you know, being a real-life couple never hurts either. Like, yeah. You know, so I'm going to take Pattinson out there I agree Pattinson um, I can let go more but Lautner is, is, yeah it's, it's so and I've not seen it but like we'll we'll, we'll, we'll cover get, that when we review the Twilight winner yes. but 
Sheila Booth and either Megan Fox or any Transformer. We've kind of discussed that. Will Ferrell and any co-star creature or comic riff in Land of the Lost. Which is a bullshit nomination. Yeah, and also not really deserved. Like, there's a bit where dinosaur pisses on him, and that's kind of cringy. <laughs> but, um, but how can you be a worst on-screen couple with Will and with a comic <laughs> riff? You know, yeah, like, that's exactly. A, that's Mr. Razzie just thinking he's funny. And <laughs> like, the fact that it's... I'm like, funnier than Land of Lost. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> if they just said comic riff, but they're like... Will Ferrell and any co-star creature comic yeah. so Will Ferrell and anything he like says or does or thinks, some of the expressions he makes. Uh, yeah. Uh, like the shadow, like uh, uh, like the way his hair looks. <laughs> um, that's, just, that's it. Like it's got to be a an, a, a legit. And I, I would take like a transformer or something and then I'll do yeah, a CGI thing for I'm, sure I'm mocking me I'll always take if, if they just said Will Ferrell and any like comic riff it would have been like a bullshit Razzie thing but at least would have been like concise yeah. whereas this is just like they just want to say we don't like Will Ferrell 100% any two or more Jonas Brothers in Jonas Brothers a 3D concert experience <laughs> worst screen worst screen couple there's three of them worst screen thruple the Jonas Brothers and your brothers yeah <laughs> Okay, how bad can your chemistry be? Um, Sandra Bullock and Bradley Cooper were the winners for All About Steve, which at the very least, they are an actual on-screen couple. Yes. So I'm going to say, even without seeing it, that's probably been deserved because that's bad film. Worst prequel, remake, rip-off or sequel. So Twilight Saga, New Moon, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, The Pink Panther 2, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra. And weirdly, the winner is Land of the Lost. Yeah, that's surprising. It is odd. It's like the Oscars when you get something that like, like when Parasite won Best Picture, it's like, okay, well, it's obviously going to win Best Foreign Film as well, isn't it? And it's weird that it's weird that Transformers won overall, but didn't win its own category. Yeah, and big with director, screenplay, yeah. and worst picture. So you're thinking of all of it, but no, but somehow it's a worse adaptation of Transformers. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen any of the original one. I mean, if that's kind of your like criteria, that is based just purely on the adaptation like maybe this is maybe Transformers is more faithful that's Land of the Lost was leaked less faithful or something or whatever that's what I was going to say is Land of the Lost was Land of the Lost not like a boomer like TV show I think so again I'm confusing it with many other Flintstones (laughs) (laughs) I think Land of the Lost was a big TV show Land of the Lost just strikes me as Mr. Raz is probably too old to play with Transformers but he's probably the right age to have watched Land of the Lost on TV. And so maybe he was just personally offended by, what? No, that's not what this is supposed to be about. Danny McBride shouldn't be selling titty mugs in (laughs) in Land of the Lost. So that's all I can really think of. Yeah. So in that case, I mean, write into us. Let us know if Land of the Lost is a very unfaithful (laughs) blast of adaptation. (laughs) Sorry for offending you all the boomer listeners. (laughs) Please email us and send us an electronic mail telling us about (laughs) um, Land of the Lost. Because, yeah, that's a good point if they're judging it on the adaptation. Because Transformers, as an adaptation of the toy series, Transformers kind of replicates being a kid in a sandbox smashing toys it's just that for two and and half hours and if that's not the criteria then as a if it's just the worst sequel it is a much worse sequel Mm. it's probably it cannot be it's got to be a worse sequel compared to the faithfulness of land of lost adaptation (laughs) right because following the original transformers this is 
a massive steep mm. decline. Imagine a kid playing with their transformers, and they would like they had like a little army man or something. And this is like Sam Witwicky's mom taking a pop around. Okay, this is so one of the omissions we had earlier on was Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, yeah, Do you not feel that's a worthy bad adaptation? Yeah, that's a much worse, much worse adaptation because it is actively going against what is beloved and what people like about any of the Dragon Ball series and things. It is it's made by someone who hasn't watched it. You know, yeah. it's such a it's notoriously bad for adaptations. All your anime live actions usually do suck, but. When you've got a budget, no, yeah, that's, that's got to be a massive, massive omission here. Because I, I liked Dragon Ball when I was like 10 years old, and then I was like, uh, that's it, I'm, I'm all grown up now, I've got to be cool and move on to like more mature interests, <laughs> like Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> and so I remember it came out when we were uh, at Asda, yeah. and I was looking at the DVD being like, I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested to see, like, I'm not interested in the film, because that's lame for geeks, but I'm morbidly curious to see like what things looked like yeah and i looked at it and i was like what this is like this is so mundane it's just a guy with like big hair it really is um i remember speaking to like mutual friend who loves that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and i was like hey mutual friend like where's like piccolo where's like the glowing like where's the flying stuff where's the world's being blown and he's like yeah no 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 that's none of it it's uh (laughs) and this is so it's kind of bizarre because i don't think that you'd get like a dragon ball evolution now you wouldn't get something with that budget and that release and distribution and just actively go against the source material. Yeah, the issue... Like the Ghost in the Shell live action and stuff was super faithful compared to Dragon Ball. At least had things that would pull across and recognisable elements and things. It's a weird little anomaly evolution. And yeah. Yeah, it should have, been, it should have won. Yeah, Mr. Razzie spent more time being down with the kids than <laughs> last time watching Land of the Lost <laughs> maybe... Yeah. Maybe nominations. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Mr. Razzi. Please do still invite us to the ceremonies for next year. Please, we please, love please. to attend. <laughs> uh, worst director: Phil Trail for All About Steve, Stephen Summers for GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra, Brad Silberling for Land of the Lost, Walt Becker for Old Dogs, and Michael Bay, the winner for Transformers: Revenge of the Fall. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right for winner. I meant to mention this the other week. Did you know he apparently worked on Indecent Proposal? Who? Bay. Bay. What? Apparently Bay was like uh, not second unit director or something. I read that Bay apparently shot like some of the gambling scenes. Okay. Just like when they're playing craps and yeah, like the yeah, dice. Yeah. Like apparently some of that was Michael Bay. No way. <laughs> Which is fascinating. Oh, wow. It all um, comes together, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bay's key to all of this. <laughs> Worst screenplay. Okay, so... This is where we get into it. For me, I don't know if Transformers can be considered the worst screenplay because I'm almost surprised that there was one. I mean, there are kind of, like, that's what I was trying to say. There are three people, but was there three pages? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, person a page? Like, you know those movies like uh, All Is Lost, the Robert Redford movie where he's on the boat mm-hmm. and the screenplay is only like 20 pages long or mm-hmm. something. I thought... Transformers would be like, okay, yeah, Sam's going to college. Da, 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 da. And then after the first 15 pages, it's just like robots fight yeah. against varying backdrops. Because looking at it, I was like, yeah, it's convoluted and boring and like certainly loads of red flags for a screenplay. But also, I don't know if the screenplay was entirely the issue. Well, if there was none, I mean, we're going to have to go find this. There must be a copy online. They must have 
and, make it, and if this is a 600 page screenplay that he's just pulled apart into it maybe it's every frame of fighting is described in intricate detail <laughs> so like, cut to one of the transformers they have testicles for some reason <laughs> just cut to cut to cut to cut to cut to but you're right looking at it and um, looking at these lists um i would i would say i i don't know what i would what i would um give the Razzie to otherwise the new moon screenplay isn't great but when you're adapting a book how can you how can you deal with like when your book is bella is sad because her vampire boyfriend left and um, she meets a werewolf you're you're more the twilight expert than i am but um stephanie meyer Meyer was involved in the film did she was she overseeing anything no i think she was actually like i think this came just before i think uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was the big one where E.L. James okay. became more involved as the series went on because I think Gillian Flynn wrote the screenplay for Gone Girl and I think Gillian Flynn around 2013 was the big 2014 I think Gillian Flynn was the big like like it it, it happened but I think Gillian Flynn was the sea change for like after her every novelist was like hey I can write my own screenplay. Yeah, it's how easy. I can write a novel, I can write a screenplay, yeah. Because, like, that started the, like, E.L. James and then J.K. Rowling with the Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Stephanie Meyer was certainly hands-on, but, like, I don't think she ever wrote any of the screenplays. Okay. I think she at least left that to the screenwriters. Okay. So it's not one of those, like, here's someone who just fundamentally does not understand the medium of film trying to write a film. Okay. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay. So that concludes this episode oh um i'm sorry guys i'm <laughs> sorry for having you make a listen i talked about transformers and the oh i can say and just just in a little conclusion like the joy i felt from, from mommy dearest and uh decent proposal and even diana like this is a new world yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am i am taken back everything i've moaned about <laughs> yeah this is comfortably the worst this is, film we've seen it, the most grating at the longest it's, 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 it's been the it's been the only one that felt like it was hard to get through yes. yeah absolutely. sitting in a chair just having my eyes open and looking at the screen <laughs> felt like a like a labyrinth like a, 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 exactly a labor <laughs> um so hopefully things will pick up from here so next week we are taking a break with scheduled programming to bring you the first of our specials yeah so every four episodes we're gonna take a break from the year by year and we're gonna do a special about a key part of Razzie history an actor film that escaped nomination something that we a bad movie that we think mm-hmm. is worthy of consideration and next week we are tackling what surely, surely, knowing everything we know about the Razzies, Absolutely. has to be the front runner yeah. for best picture, worst picture, <laughs> worst actor, worst supporting actor, worst. Like, this surely has to be the big hitter for next year's Razzies. It's My Son Hunter. I can't wait. The Bright Bart biopic I, of Hunter Biden. I cannot. I actually, I'm excited. It's, I was excited for a decent proposal, um, yeah. but I'm more excited for this. This is because it's new. It's new. It's fresh. It's insane, and I don't know what to expect other than the trailer. Like I'm, I'm the the trailer has a lot of promise in terms of it looks like uh like well we just spoke about it. It's like uh like someone trying to do a Martin Scorsese tribute, like a bargain bucket 
Wolf of Wall Street. They've mm. got the they've got the 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 song that sounds as close to Black Skinhead as you can get without having to pay Kanye royalties and like all the cuts, the stylization. Maybe there's a little bit of Big Short mm-hmm. mixed in there with breaking the fourth wall and Gina Carano's monologues. <laughs> but it just looks like a complete so, disaster. But I um I'm sure I said to you before, I think the one thing that's gonna stop it winning Worst Picture is its release. It's distribution. Oh, you're right. I don't you're think it'll right. be eligible for a Razzie because it's not eligible for an Oscar. <laughs> I don't know. I think they changed the rules with uh, the pandemic and the My Pillow guy. Like I don't think the My Pillow guy got a theatrical okay. release. Oh, well, then what's the what's the point, Mister Razzie? You just throw everything out the window then. Um, because they they obviously changed like the the Oscars changed their um their was release that criteria. Was that a specific type? Yeah, before the pandemic, they abandoned the criteria of having to have a cinematic release, and the Razzies said they would go in step and then I think they might have even said that they were going to stick with it because if um, this is the case going forward then the, the quality is going to drop dramatically right? Um, I don't know I think it's probably just going to be something that they'll just use whenever there's a yeah, convenient so opportunity don't, you know, yeah like, they're yeah. not going to be watching like uh, they're not going to be watching like what would have been direct to DVD yeah. but I think it just means like if there's a particularly diabolical streaming movie or someone who they don't like politically. <laughs> I think this will... I don't think it will expand the films they review, but I think it just means they won't use it as a barrier to prevent them okay, like, okay. attacking something. Um, fair point, fair point. No, that's a good point, though. I hadn't thought about it, the eligibility. We should yeah. maybe write to them. Yeah, like, Mr. Hey, Razzie. Mr. Razzie, <laughs> is my Sun Hunter eligible? Yeah. Um, that is a good point, though. He's got Twitter? Uh, the Razzies, I yeah, think. Yeah, I guess we up to you. Okay, so join us next week for um, My Son Hunter and yeah. a film which we expect to be infinitely more enjoyable oh, than it's going to be Transformers. And it's, it can't be two and a half hours. I'm saying this now, but it can't be two and a half hours. Watch me eat my words. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks once again for joining us. If you want to follow us, then we are at Watching Worst on Twitter. If you want to get in touch via email, it's watchingworstfilms at gmail.com. That includes you, Mr. Razzie, if you want to invite us to the next ceremony, or even just let us know um, if um, My Son Hunter is eligible. Uh, yeah, and I'm telling you now, Mr. Razzie, you invite us to the awards and we invite you on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Quick pro quo, we can do this, we can do this, only come.